Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father God, we bless your name and worship you. We pray that you have your way in our midst. May none of us live the same, O oh God. We pray, O oh God, that you would cause us to be more and more like Jesus. Draw us deeper into thy word of truth. Draw us deeper into your love for us. Father God, we pray that you make us into people of faith. Lord, increase our faith. Your word says, O oh God, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, that you have already allotted or dealt to each Christian the measure of faith. So we pray that you increase our faith and make us can-do people so that we will be able to do all things through Jesus Christ, which gives us strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. So we're going to continue with, uh, uh, or maybe conclude with our powerful series on the can-do man, which also means the can-do woman, which also means the can-do person. I can do all things. Some people have rewritten this verse in Philippians 4.13 and said, I might be able to do some things through my own strength. Some have said, I, can, I might be able to do some things through Christ who strengthens me. Some have also taken it another way and said, I could do a few things through my own strength. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So God bless you all in church, all those on social media. I want to say God bless you for coming on and uh, uh, joining us. I pray that you stay tuned and open your heart to receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul and to make you into a prosperous, successful, can-do person. Hallelujah. So let's jump right in. Amen. God has been speaking to us about the can-do man. Now, Philippians 4.13 is the key. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me or strengthened me, King James. Then another version will say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then we talk about the fact that a can-do man or woman is a person of faith. Then we began to talk about three reasons why we must have the can-do attitude. The first is in order to be able to believe the word of God. We need a can-do attitude so that we can believe the word of God. Amen. When God tells us something, we can believe it with a can-do attitude. God said it, I can do it. Number two, in order to obey what God tells us to do. What is God telling you to do? What is God telling me to do? The can-do attitude would cause us to do what God has told us to do. Amen? Because without the can-do attitude, we will not do everything God has, tells us to do. We will do the simple things. We will do the convenience things. We will not do the difficult things. We will not do the things that will take us to the next level. The things that will get, get, give us the greatest victory are usually the things that will cause the greatest or will require the greatest efforts. The things that will take us to the greatest victory are the things that will require the greatest efforts. Amen? Number three, we need a can-do attitude in order that we can do the works of God in our time. The works of God in our time comes with the can-do attitude. Amen. Then we talked about four enemies, 
four enemies of the Kandu person, four enemies. The first enemy of the Kandu man or woman is to be a murmurer, those who murmur. Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. So God is telling you and I that we should do all things without murmuring, without complaining, without disputing. Very, very important. Amen. Then, so it means that don't remember about your life, don't remember about others, don't remember about your church, don't remember about your pastor, don't remember about your, your, your loved ones, don't remember. Children, don't remember against your parents. Amen. Number two, the excuse maker. And the excuse maker is able to justify why they have failed or why they didn't perfect what they did. And they continue to never perfect and always not get to the next level because they are able to justify their failures, justify why they didn't make it. Anyone who makes excuses has capped, them, capped themselves. I try my best not to make excuses. If something is real, I say it. Oh, I messed up. This one, it's on me. This one, I wasn't thinking straight. This one, I messed up. I need to do better. That's better than giving a reason why it didn't work. That's why David did not make any excuses when he came to God. He said, I, in fact, I will not hide my iniquities from you. I will not prosper that way. David told God, I'm not going to hide my iniquities from you. Because if I hide my iniquities from you, I'm not going to do well. Hallelujah. Number three, fear. Fear is an enemy of the can-do person. Fear limits you. Fear is I cannot do because something bad will happen. I will not do because something bad will happen. So fear actually is opposite of can do. Fear says I cannot do. Fear says I won't do. So we said a lot about fear. A lot was said about fear. Fear, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So you and I, when fear is taken away, power comes. Power to prevail. Power to act, power to proceed is available. When fear is taken away, sound mind comes. Love is operating. Then we also read from 1 John 4, 18, perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. And the one who is, is tormented is not made perfect in love. Fear torments. And then we also read from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. We said a lot about fear. Hebrews 2, 14 and, and, and 15, which says that Jesus Christ, even though he was God, he had to become a man so that as a man, he would be able to die and defeat death as a man so that he would be able to deliver all the people who in all, throughout their lives were subject to bondage. And he was able to deliver all the people who through fear of death, death were subject to bondage. So the Bible is clearly saying that Jesus Christ became a man so that he could deliver those who were, uh, in, uh, who, were, who were captive by the spirit of death and also free those and deliver those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear is that small, I can't say small, but strong demon, which is able to, oh, well, plastic man. How many know about a fantastic for plastic man? Fear is like plastic man who, and he can wiggle through anything or like a lizard or a snake, wiggle through anything to enter in, open the door for the other demons and the other problems to come in. 
That's fear. Job said, the thing I have greatly feared has come upon me. Then when the next one we talked about is doubt. We talked about doubt, doubt. Doubting is not a good thing. God does not like doubt. God hates doubt. We read from Numbers. Let's go back to that. Numbers, before we go to seven steps. Numbers. Very good. So Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. Numbers 13, 27. And they told him and said, we came unto the land whither thou seemest, uh, uh, sentest us, and surely it flowed with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the sea, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we, verse 32. And they brought an evil report to the land, which uh, uh, an evil report of the land which they had searched upon uh, unto the children of Israel, saying, "The land, though which uh, uh, so the, sorry, the land though which we uh, 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 we have gone to search it is the land that eateth up its inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature." Verse thirty-three, and the and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So that's an evil report, because they doubted God's word. God said, I am going to give you this land. I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey, a land which I am going to give to you. I swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I am giving you that land. Now go and spy the land. He told Moses to tell them to go and spy out the land. When they went to spy out the land, they saw giants there. They saw that, yes, the land is filled with milk and honey. The land has all the things that God said the land will have, plus the giants. You and I, when we are getting to the promise of God, when we are getting to the place of abundance, there are going to be giants there. But the fact that there are giants there does not mean that we should doubt. Because the battle is not for us, but God's. So Jacob and, as I said Jacob, but Caleb and Jacob, uh, uh, and sorry, Caleb and Joshua, they knew that the God we serve, even though there are giants in the land, and the giants are, giants are bigger than us, and we are like grasshoppers in their sight, our God is well able to give us a land. But the 10 spies, they brought an evil report. What was the evil report? We are not well able to overcome because there are giants in the land. What about God? Where does God fit in? Yes, it's true that there are giants in the land and we are like grasshoppers in our sight and in their sight. It is all true. Where does God fit in? The one who promised that he's going to give you and I the victory. The one who promised us that he's going to promote us. The one who promised that he's going to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. The one who said that every place the soul of your feet shall touch, 
she will give it to you. Where are you putting God in it? Where is God in this situation? When God said the battle is not yours but mine, God proved himself by allowing their shoes to grow with them. God proved himself by giving them water in the desert. Desert. God proved himself by giving them a manna from heaven to eat. God proved himself by giving them everything they, they wanted, even water from a rock. And that rock was Christ. So that should also explain why maybe God was angry with Moses because of striking the rock instead of speaking to the rock. Hallelujah. But all these things, a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, parting the sea of reeds or the Red Sea, and yet they are asking, where is God? I mean, how, how could they do that? It was doubt. David did not do that. David said, there is a great Philistine who is bigger than my, myself. He has won many battles. He's a man of war, and he's very, very tall, and I'm like a baby, a baby, not even a young boy, a baby in his sight, and I have not fought a battle yet. But I am not going in my own name or in the name of the king. I'm going in the name of the living God. And the same God that delivered me from the paw of the lion or the, of, the, of the bear, that same God is going to deliver me from the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. Seeing he defies the armies of the living God, David went based on who God was. So David went boldly because he knew that I don't know how God is going to give me the victory, but God is going to give me the victory. And I'm going to take his head and I'm going to show it to you all. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm taking the stone. And I take the stone. Meanwhile, he's covered in armor and he strikes Goliath because he had faith in the living God. Caleb and Joshua, they had faith in the living God. God does not like doubt. And, be, and to prove he doesn't like doubt, all the people who doubted, all the children of Israel who complained, none of them entered into the promised land except for the two, except for the two and the children. All the children were, or some, most of the children were able to go. But the adults all died of God said, because you have frustrated me, because you have doubted, because you have murmured, because you have complained, in fact, none of you are going to enter. You are all going to die. I was supposed to take you to a promised land. Now I'm going to keep you in the wilderness so that you all die off. After you die off, I'm going to only let Caleb and Joshua and the, the young ones who were, not, who were too young to complain, I'll let them join. Think about it. That's exactly what God said. Why? Because he hates doubt. How, what, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? He hates doubt. And you and I, we must not allow doubt to affect us. Numbers 14, 11. This is just a quick recap. And the Lord said unto Moses, how long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have shown among them. So God is saying that, ah, I don't understand. The signs, all the signs I have shown among them. All the great works I have done for them. And they still don't believe me. They are provoking me because I've shown them so many wonderful signs and they still don't believe me. They still don't believe me. Think about it. All the signs. Now look at even you and I. Even our salvation is a, is a sign. Even if there's no other sign, the salvation, the fact that medical science couldn't change you, fear of a, a disease couldn't change you, fear of accidents couldn't, to, uh, prevent you from doing certain things, Cry, uh, uh, fornication, 
smoking. You see, I, I, all the things that could hurt you and I, no matter what our parents said, no matter what the doctor said, no matter what the government said, it never changed us. People were still fornicating. We're still fornicating in spite of the diseases that people would get. We're still smoking, at least those who smoked. We're still smoking in spite of the Surgeon General's warning. I always saw in the, on the packet the Surgeon General uh, warning that it can cause lung cancer. I saw it and I was still smoking. Alcohol. We knew the destruction of alcohol, how it destroys people. In spite of all that, we knew about the diseases that can come about gonorrhea, chlamydia, HIV, all those things. We knew about those things, but we did not, it didn't affect us, at least those who were doing it. And by the grace of God, those who are still doing it will stop doing it. Who, hallelujah. Oh, it didn't affect us. The only thing that affected us is Jesus. So that itself is a good sign enough for God to say, why are they not believing? Why are they not believing? Why are they not believing? Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38 and 39. Why? In spite of all this, you still don't believe. In spite of all this, you still don't believe. In spite of all this, you still don't believe. Tell it to John. In spite of all this, you still don't believe. Why is that the case? That is what God is telling you and I. Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. Now the just shall live by faith for glory. Did you get that? The just, you and I are just. What does it mean to be just? It means to be righteous. What does it mean to be just? It means to be justified to, uh, uh, before God. It means to have right standing with God. The just, the one who has right standing with God, shall live by faith. Habakkuk, let's look at Habakkuk 2.4. Habakkuk, Habakkuk, whichever way you want to pronounce it, based on where you come from. Habakkuk 2.4. What does the Bible say in Habakkuk 2.4? It says, the just shall live by his faith. Not by someone else's faith, but by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. Many people are living on someone else's faith, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the just, the one who is justified by God, should live by his faith, not by his pastor's faith, not by his bishop's faith, not by his pope's faith, but by his faith. So you and I need to get our faith for ourselves. For Mercedes, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, draw back from faith, draw back from God, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. But to them that believe. So I'm not, we are not of the people who draw back. Now it tries to explain what the drawback means. We are not of those who draw back to perdition, but those who are in faith. But to them that believe to the saving of the soul. So when we draw back, it means you are not working in faith. And doubt that God doesn't like that. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look at verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. 
and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible. Let me say it in a, a better word, in another way, not a better way, but in another way to explain this. But without faith, it is 0.00.0% likely that you please God. Without faith, it is 0.0% probable that you please God. It means impossible to please God. For the one who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder by giving the victory, that he's a rewarder by giving the promised land, that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's why God said, you people, I've given you signs and you still don't believe. When you look back at your life, I look back at my life, We've prayed many of our prayers. Oh, God, give me this thing. God, make a way for me to, 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 to join, uh, whatever, to, to, to come to uh, America. Some will say, Lord, open the doors. Make a way for me to get this job. When I get this job, what I will do for you? I remember uh, 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 my wife and I, we made a promise to God that if, if you do this for us, we will make sure that we serve you. We will use our house to serve you. So we use our house for Bible studies. We didn't know that we were even going to use our house for more than Bible studies. It's actually faster. You see, many people, they'll make promises. God, if you do this for me, and God does it for you, and you forget the past, you forget the miracles he did, why do you say you forget? Why am I saying you forget? Because David proved he didn't forget when you forget, it means you are now doubting. When you remember, then you behave like David who says that the same God that delivered me from the paw of the lion or of the bear, that same God will deliver me from the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. In the same way, you say that, ah, the same God that took me out of that mess when I prayed, that same God is going to take me out of this new mess. The same God that delivered me from the paw of the lion or of the bear, that same God is going to deliver me from the hands of this uncircumcised problem. Hallelujah to Jesus. So you and I, doubt robs us of victory. And God doesn't like that. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. Please God is equal to faith. No pleasure in him is equal to doubt. Doubt is opposite of faith. Fear is opposite of faith. Actually, even excuse-making is opposite of faith. Because when you make an excuse, then you are accepting the low standard and saying that God cannot move you from this low standard to the higher standard. It's also a lack of faith in a way. Because when you acknowledge that I messed up, this is not God's standard. God's standard is a 10 over 10. I'm operating at a 2 over 10. You must acknowledge that this is a 2 over 10 and it is your fault. And that once you acknowledge it's your fault, you are going to do better and you are going to move to a 10 over 10. That, that, is, that, that is what you and I should do instead of making excuses. We, the Christianity and so many of us are full of excuses. And God hates that. Excuses. And because of that, some people, because of their excuses, they remain the way they are and they never change. They never, never change. In the continuum, that same thing, the thing that the devil puts there, 
Because many times when we are unbelievers, the devil puts certain things there. When he puts that thing there, look, he knows that it will prevent you from excelling at work. It will prevent you from doing well in relationships. It will prevent you from doing well in, in life, business. So he keeps it there and he encourages you to ex make excuses to justify why it is there. But it's changing. Memory is also lack of faith. Because you are memorying, complaining about life. Oh, what is life? I'm memorying undertone complaints. Oh, I'm tired of life. I'm tired of this situation. I'm you are tired because you don't believe that one day God is going to make things better. You are memory because you don't believe that one day, one day in his time, in his time he makes all things beautiful. You don't believe it. That's why you are, we are memory. We are memory because we don't understand that maybe God is involved in the situation. Maybe God is involved in the instruction that you are being given. And if you only understood that God was involved in it, you would not memory. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Just a quick recap and then we continue. This is very important. Uh, and I have another verse and then we move on. Are you hearing God's word? 1 John 5, 14 and 15. I'll start from 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name who glory to god on the name there is a difference between believing in the in fact there is a different difference between believing in jesus christ and believing in his name you can believe in jesus christ and not necessarily believe in his name but you can once you believe in jesus christ you you can believe in his name what am i saying there is no one who believes in the name of jesus who does not believe in jesus Example, you are spirit-filled, you are tongue-talking, tongue you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you are going to heaven, you are heaven-bound, you are pleasing the Lord, but you don't believe that when I pray, when you are praying, you don't believe that as soon as I say in Jesus' name, action occurs, victory is sure. You don't believe it. You don't believe that I've used in Jesus' name. So because I've said in Jesus' name, it settles it, it is not it might happen. No, no, no. It has happened because I've used Jesus' name. So you can have Christians like that. A Christian with terminal cancer and has decided that they are all good Christians, maybe even better than us, but nevertheless, they've missed a certain part. They feel that, let me have a ministry. There are many churches that have a ministry for cancer patients, no prayer for them. They are praying that they die well. They are praying that, uh, yeah, they, they, they pray that as they go home, their strength, I mean, God receives them well, that their family members are, are, are covered and are soothed, are comforted. That is the ministry there. And remembering the old times. But there are also churches that will not allow that they'll pray. We don't allow those things in that church. In our church, we don't have that system there. We'll pray. We'll pray till. You don't know it. We are going to pray in Jesus' name and we are going to rise up. But there are some people who are solid Christians, but they don't believe that when I say in Jesus' name, it settles it. So you can be a Christian, believe in Jesus, but not necessarily believe that his name will act, 
will, will cause results for sure. You can believe in Jesus, but not believe that when I pray and I say in Jesus' name, it is final, case closed. But there is no human being who can believe in the name of Jesus who doesn't believe in Jesus. Impossible. You will, there, there are also people who believe in, the, in Jesus and also believe in his name, according to the Bible. I'm not going to go into that here, but I've preached about it. You just need to go into the archives. I've preached about the name of Jesus. Let's continue. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. There's no doubt in this verse. There is no doubt in this verse. There is no doubt in this verse. This verse is talking about someone who has confidence and not doubt. When you and I have confidence, now how will we have confidence? We will have confidence because we know his will. And we have prayed according to his will. Doubt will dissipate and disappear. This is his will, the Bible. If we read his will, know his will, then we will have a solid foundation for faith. Then when we can find scripture backing what we are praying for, oh, glory to God, confidence is there, doubt has vanished. So those who doubt are those who don't read the Bible. James 1. What do you think? Let me start from two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire. You'll be mature, wanting nothing, meaning that you have all the things you need and want. The things you need and the things you want. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally or generously and abradeth not and will not withhold, he will not rebuke. And it shall be given him, given him, verse 6. But let him ask in faith. Some have written, let him ask in doubt. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. That is very, very well. This verse is saying that a person who is doubting should not expect God to give them what they are looking for. Because God is not going to give you what you ask for if you are doubting. And that's very serious. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. So many of the prayers we are not getting answered. Simply, we are not getting them answered because we are doubting. We are wavering. Now, look at uh, Pasalum. Get another version, NLT or another version, to say doubting. The word wavering is to doubt. 
get a, a version that says doubt. But let not that man think that he shall receive anything. For let not that man think. It's very serious. So you and I, we should ask ourselves, are we, I'm not going to go into it. Last week, we spent the whole time talking about it. We even went into talk about the man who said, I believe, help down my unbelief. Hallelujah. You can, you can doubt in the mind. Don't worry about that. Faith is of the heart. If you doubt in the heart, then there's no hope. But you have to have faith in the heart. You cannot control what enters your mind. But he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. The doubter. Hallelujah. Amen. The rest you can go to last week's message. Amen. Amen. Seven steps. Whew, hallelujah. Now, these are very simple steps, but when God is doing things, he does things in very simple ways. Many people here, you see, sometimes you, people are looking for some wild terms, some wild, dynamic mixture of words. But that's not where the power is, per se. The simple things. I'll give you a, a, a couple of examples. The Bible says that Elijah, when he, after complaining and saying that, oh, I'm tired of life, I'm tired, kill me. God said, get up, get up. When Elijah, God was speaking, going to speak to Elijah, the Bible says that there was an earthquake and this rock split, but God was not in it. There was a whirlwind. God was not, it was not in it. There was a strong wind that tore things. God was not in it. But there was a still small voice. That's where God was. Sometimes it's the simple things that we need to do. Neymar the Syrian. He expected, ah, the man of God is telling me to dip myself in this dirty river. Oh, the river is dirty. Very dirty. Very dirty. When I went to Jerusalem, man, if I had a chance, I, I would have been baptized again. There was another place where they were baptized, but that was not where Jesus was baptized. I said, I'm not going to waste my time to be baptized there. But the place that God himself was baptized, that place is a very dirty river. I think now they are baptizing there, but when I was there, it was too dirty. They had not started baptizing there. If, 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 I was, if they were baptizing, I would have gone into it. Of course, now, because it's a bit cleaner. They've cleaned it up. <laughs> now, Naaman said, how can the man of God tell me to dip myself in this river? But the young girl said, if he had told you to strike yourself or go naked in the beach or run around or cut yourself, you would have done anything. So if he's telling you to just dip yourself in the river, why don't you just do it? Simple things. Naaman was expecting some complex thing, but it was in the simple things. Number one, seven steps to being a can-do man. Number one, you must hear from God. Now, this is very important. Adam and Eve. You see that Adam heard from God. The Bible says that Adam was not deceived. It was Eve that was deceived. 
God spoke to Adam and Adam told Eve. Adam was not deceived because it's very difficult to deceive someone who hears directly from God himself. Apart from people like Judas. Very, very difficult because Judas heard from God himself in Jesus. Jesus Christ, who is God, manifested in the flesh, fully God, fully man. Hallelujah. So Amen. Adam heard from God and said, do not take of the tree, the, the apple. The, 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 sorry, it's not even an apple. We don't know whether it's an apple, what fruit it is. Strike the word apple. <laughs> We've heard apple, apple, apple. We don't know yet. But don't eat of the fruit of the tree. In the day you eat of the fruit, that day you will die. God told Adam this. And then he told Eve. And then Eve was beguiled, deceived by the serpent because of the secondhand information she had. And then she persuaded Adam to eat of the fruit. That's why husbands and wives, you people, be careful who, whether it's the husband being deceived by the wife or persuaded to do wrong by the wife or the wife being persuaded to do wrong by the husband. Be very careful. Some people, they are doing their budgeting and then someone, their husband will say 5% or 6% of, of the salary is tied, this is 10%. And some will say, by four, no, 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 don't allow that. Don't rob yourself of a blessing. You understand? So, so you, you have to also stand up and say, no, I can't allow this. At the same time, being submissive to your spouse, like that, you know, husband and the Bible says. But submission doesn't mean slavery. It just means to yield. Anyway, this is not a marriage seminar, is it? Anyway. <laughs> so, Eve persuaded, so that Eve persuaded Adam. That's why God said, Adam, what have you done? Then he said, because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife. Because you have what? Hearkened. Now let me show you a verse that might surprise some of you. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'll start from 13, but it's 14 we want. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. You can read the earlier passage earlier on, trying to describe the importance of the fact that the man is the head of the woman. The woman's movement can fight tooth and nail till they start to even actually dig themselves. It's not going to change anything. They can, they can, they can fight till they, their tongue is taken out. The Bible is the Bible. The Bible says, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.14. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. Verse 14. You can go to verse 14. Now, I'll read it in NLT, but let's wait for King James. Let's wait for Salon to get it to verse 14. We saw that. Now, NLT says, and it was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived and sin was the result. Then you go, then, yeah. Hallelujah. So it doesn't mean, and then the Bible explains 
a few other things. You can read those verses later on. But what am I saying? Because, so when you hear directly from God, it is very difficult for your mind to be moved. When you hear directly from God, it is very difficult for someone to shift your mind. When you hear directly from God, it will take a, I mean, it will take a lot of effort to move your mind off what God has told you to do. So the first step to be a can-do person is you need to hear from God yourself. When you and I hear from God ourselves, it's going to give us a certain kind of faith that is unmovable, that is unshakable. And it will cause us to know God ourselves. We will know God. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions or as bold as a lion. The Bible says that for the people who do know their God shall display strength and take action. They shall work strong and do exploits. That's because they have heard from God themselves. So what does it mean? It means hearing from God is not hearing a message like we are hearing now and you go, that's not hearing from God yet, I see. Hearing from God is after hearing a message, you take notes or you listen to the message again and you do, you take notes, you read the verses yourself to understand it for God to speak to you about it yourself. That's hearing from God. Let me give you another verse. First John chapter 2, verse 27. I read from the King James, and then I read from NLT. King James says, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye have not, and ye have need. And, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Now, it's easier, for, I mean, I could have explained it with this, but for time's sake, I'll just use NLT to make it clearer. I like to use King James as the baseline, and NLT, N, NASB and King James are the most accurate translations. So I like to use NASB or King James, and then the other versions to back what King James is saying. But King James is usually my source in NASB. But you have received the Holy Spirit. That's the anointing. And he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true, it is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. What does it mean? It doesn't mean that you don't need pastors or preachers or teachers. Otherwise, the Bible is contradicting all over. That's what the Bible is saying. It's contradicting in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 onwards, which says that God gives gifts unto men, pastors, teachers, whatever. Now, let me explain it. What this verse is saying is that no matter what the pastor says, now you can get it so I can see your faces. Let's look at uh, uh, the, the, everyone. Hallelujah. Now, now, what does this verse mean? This verse means that as I'm teaching you, or as I am being taught, as I listen to our prophet, 
It doesn't mean, you see, it, it can, I can hear it, but it doesn't mean it's going to be a reality in my life. I'm going to practice it. It doesn't mean I'll get the revelation of it. That's why I need to pray, God, give me the revelation. And then I need to listen to the message again. I need to do further Bible study on it. Then the Holy Spirit will actually be teaching me. But without the pastors, it will be a bit difficult. That's why the Bible says that the saints that were at Berea were more noble or open-minded than the saints that were at Thessalonica. So let me repeat that again. The saints that were at Berea were more noble or mature or noble-minded than the saints that were at Thessalonica. Why? Because they received the word of God with the readiness of mind, and then they searched the scriptures daily to prove what they said, to find out whether what was said was so, and they became more noble. What does it mean? It means they did further Bible study. But you still need the teacher to teach you so that you can do the further Bible study. So the person who gets up and says, I am my own person, I don't need the pastors, I don't need the teachers, has been deceived by Satan himself, not even by a demon, by Satan directly. Hallelujah, because we need it. We need it. We need it. That's why God, Jesus himself, sets in the church, the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, all these people. But at the same time, we must hear from God ourselves so that God is the one who tells us what he wants from us. Tells us and gives us an understanding. When I was praying for long hours and the devil was trying to lie to me, and I was getting discouraged, and I was getting tired and wondering whether there's a shortcut, whether there's another way out. And now here, a couple of preachers saying that, look, these long prayers, I've tried and I don't do it, but I just pray anytime I get. I was, I was wondering, this was a while back, and then I did my Bible study. The anointing himself will teach you. I did my Bible study on long prayers. Oh. When you finish doing a Bible study by God's grace and mercy, you will know that God expects and wants long praise. So that was demand by the grace of God. Why? Because he told you when, when, when you do a Bible study or God speaks to you about something, God says, I want you to become a pastor. I want you to become a missionary. I want you to become an evangelist. I want you to win souls. I want you to have crusades. And God has spoken to you. It will take even a bulldozer will not be able to even stop you. By the grace of God. Why? Because God has spoken to you himself and you will be a can-do person no matter what it takes. So there are many people who are not can-do people who are not doing great things for God because God has not spoken to them. There is a difference between someone God has spoken to and someone God has not spoken to. But for God to speak to you, it means you have been, you have been asking. You have, been, you have been spending time, not the occasional browser, not the casual browser, but the person who is going deep. Just like the Bible talks about the person who, was, who went to the field and realized that there were, there were treasures there. So he bought the whole field. So it's similar to, say, a city or, 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 or an area. I don't know where the gold is, but I've been told there is gold there. So I buy everything. I buy the whole thing. So it might just be a very small section that has a gold. But because I don't know where it is, I buy everything and then I search until I find it. Those are the people who get it. Those are the people who hear it. God said, if you seek for me or you search for me with all of your heart, you will find me. 
Hallelujah. We are not talking, so, oh, by the understand, I'm not perfect yet. I'm trying to work on myself. No, 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 no. Don't worry. Moses was not perfect. David was not perfect when God spoke to them. We are talking about people who are seeking for God. It is God who will perfect you. You will not perfect yourself before speaking to God. You will not perfect yourself before God meets you. It is because God met you that you are perfect. So don't let the devil tell you that, you know, I'm still working on myself. You know, I've got anger issues. I've got things I need to sort out. Or I've got, uh, I lie a lot. I need to, or what, what are some, what are some of the things? I fornicate so much. You know, I'm always fornicating. So I'm not yet ready. I'm always stealing. So I'm not yet ready. No, 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 no. Rely on God to fix all of it and you fix it. But your job is to seek the Lord with all your heart and he will take all the stuff away. He will take all your stuff away. I remember there was some pastor, John Ogundana, one of these, hey, some advice he gave me, it was a very wild advice about just focusing on God and leaving everything else. Just don't worry about, just don't worry about the baggage. Just, just focus on, on God. The rest will follow. Joshua 1, 1 to 5. I don't know if I'm preaching to you or not, but I'm preaching happy here. Preaching good. Good message. Hallelujah. Joshua 1, 1 to 5. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, or Yehoshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, Unto the land which I do give to thee, to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. So every place the sole of your foot shall tread on, I have given it to you. From the wilderness and the Lebanon, this Lebanon, even unto the river. The great river, the river Euphrates is very, very important river. All the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man, he glory, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Ah. Joshua heard this firsthand from God himself. After Joshua heard this from God himself, he did not allow anything to change that. I'll explain. When Joshua went to fight AI, AI, the small country AI, and he, the, Israel was whipped. Joshua said, no, it's not possible. God has told me that no one will be able to stand before me. It is not possible. What happened? God, 
explain. I have a meeting with you, creator of the universe. Explain to me how your statement in Joshua 1.5 says that I will not fail you and no one will be able to stand before you. What happened? Then God said, get up. Go and deal with the situation. And then they found out someone had taken their casting. But when God says that no one will be able to stand before you, it doesn't mean that you will not have some difficulties. Because what was the conclusion of the matter? What was the end result of the battle? AI was smashed and Joshua prevailed. But my point is the kind of certainty Joshua had when he was talking to God and asking him, what happened? How? How? You and I, when God speaks to us, we will be so sure, so convinced, so determined that what God told us is going to happen. And we can do it. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. If God has not sent you, therefore also don't go. But when God sends you to do something, make sure you do it. Whether it is, whether it is about a school, whether it is about marriage, whether it is about business, whether it is about even the church to attend, you must have the peace that God has spoken to you. You must have a peace. You must have the peace. You must feel the peace of God because that is going to be your strength. You must have the peace knowing that, yes, God has told me this thing and I'll do it. Very, 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 very important. Otherwise, you and I can easily be tossed about. If God has spoken to you and someone says something else, what do you do? There was a man of God. God spoke to him and God said, I want you to prophesy to this king. Don't enter into anyone's house. Go straight to the king. Don't even eat in anyone's house. Go straight to the king and leave without entering into anyone's house. These are the instructions of the Lord. So when the man was going, people will come and say, oh, please, come, let me give you some food to eat. Rest. No, God said I shouldn't do it. I'm not doing it. He kept on following God's instructions. Then he prophesied to the king. As he was going, a prophet asked him to come and get some meat, food, because he's hungry. He said, no, God has told me not to do it. Then a senior prophet, a senior pastor, a senior prophet told him, Come, come, come to my house and eat. He said, no, 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 no. God has told me that I should prophesy and go straight to him. No, 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 no. God told me, the senior prophet, God told me that I should tell you to come to my house and come and eat and then you go. And the greatest mistake of his life was that he listened to what the senior prophet said and not what God said. Because God told him, I don't care what happens. Don't leave this place. If God has told you, how come God has told somebody else something different? So the senior prophet invited him to the house, gave him a good meal. No, he ate a good meal. As he was eating the meal, the Bible says the word of the Lord came to the prophet who lied to him. And said, thus said the Lord, because you have disobeyed me by coming to eat this food, you are going to die on your way home. And he died on his way home. 
So the same mouth that lied to him and prophesied, or that, that thought, thought, thought that God had told him to tell the man to disobey what God said, that same mouth prophesied against him to his death. What am I saying? First of all, make sure that God is speaking to you. Because when he speaks to you, you will do great things for him. Bishop has written a book called The Art of Hearing. Or how to listen to the voice of God. The Art of Hearing. How to know the will of God also. Very, very, very powerful books. It teaches you how to know the different voices in the world. How to know the voices of circumstances and all these voices. And then there is the voice of God. Very important to let God speak to you himself. When he speaks to you and I himself, who? There is nothing. There is nothing. I said what? There is nothing that can defeat that voice. How many are going to make sure that God speaks to them? I'll start with number two, but I'm sure we will continue. Next week, God willing. I'll just touch on it. Joshua 1, 6 and 7. Let me start from 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This is very, very important. The second step <clears throat> to the can-do attitude or the person or to becoming a can-do man or woman is to be strong and courageous. To be strong and courageous. Sometimes God wants us to do certain things, but we become easily become afraid because some of the things God wants us to do are very difficult and sometimes even scary. The more difficult the thing is, the more sacrifice you have to do, the more fearful it is, the greater it is usually. Because fear, sometimes the devil brings fear so that we don't do what will take us to the greatest victory. Many times our greatest victory is just behind fear. God might be telling you to leave your job and trust him for a better job. Especially if the job doesn't allow you to do anything for God, but it's rather causing you to backslide. Or there is some lady in, at that job, or there is some guy at that, oh, glory, I'm preaching to somebody. There, there might be some guy at that job, and you know that when you see the person, the person says, hello, you melt. Yes, you are a Christian. Yes, you are a Christian woman. 
But when you see that guy, who, 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 when you see that girl, and the lady says, or the guy says, hello, baby, you can't control yourself. And God says, leave that job, leave it. Leave it. <laughs> or that job, somehow, because you've, been, you, you've made the mistake of making, you've made one mistake of joining them on happy hour. Because of that, you, 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 every happy hour, you, you are going, you are drinking with them, you are not able to stop yourself. You want to fit in because you started on the wrong note. You did not put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace and preaching to somebody. You didn't put it on. Because you didn't put it on, you, 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 you have to disadvantage at that job. And God says, take, leave that job. Be strong and very courageous because the things that you need to do to be a can-do person, to be great, it takes courage and strength. So you need to just say to yourself, I'm leaving. Sometimes when you are a can-do person, some of the things you do might look stupid. You are preaching, Rev. You are preaching. Yeah. Yes, a can-do person. People will say, no, no, no. Think about what you are doing. Analyze it. Be sure of what you are doing. What you are doing, it does not, it's not right. It doesn't make sense. It's going to affect you. But that is the thing you need to do. You and I need to be bold. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Be able to take decisions and stay at it if that is what God wants you to do. Someone, of course, there's a lot of, I'm, I'm just touching the surface. We'll get into it next week, God willing. Someone, hey, glory. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. Oh, you are preaching me happy. You see, courage needs strength. Or let me say it in another way. Courage means that you are afraid and you are going to move in spite of the fear. Or there is a, a, an unknown factor. Things could go bad. But because God said it, I'm going to do it in spite of the outcome that could happen. I'm still going to obey God, trust God, and do it. And that's what happened with the three, three Hebrew boys. That's what happened with Daniel. They said, look, I'm not going to bow. Daniel said, I'm going to continue to pray. It took courage. David, it took courage to fight Goliath. It took courage. You and I, there are many things that God wants us to do. But in order to be able to make that first step, you need courage. Because many times it's going to cost you something. You need to be strong because it's going to cost you something. It's, there are things that will come. When you see it, it can make you move or it can move you. What am I saying? I'm saying that the things, many of the things God wants us to do, when we look at the cost or the price that we have to pay to do it, we can be moved. But when you are strong, it means you are unmovable. You can't be moved. You cannot be moved. So a can-do person must say to themselves, I've heard from God. This is what God is saying. I'm going to be strong and I'm going to be very courageous. Because God knew that Joshua was going to experience many obstacles. 
That's why God told him, be strong and of good courage. And then verse 7, he says, only be thou strong and very courageous that you may, that thou mayest observe to do. So it is only when you are strong and courageous that you'll be able to do. And after doing, you will prosper in whatever you do. After doing. There are some people who are struggling to even pay tithe. I'm just giving that as an example or to give because they are, they are not able to make ends meet. They are living from paycheck to paycheck. But such people need to just say to themselves, I'm, selves, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous. And I'm going to pay tithe. Some people should be able to say, this toxic relationship where the man is beating me, he's abusing me, he's insulting me, he's slapping me about, he's maltreating me, and he, I mean, and, and, and my life um, is in danger. I need to be strong and leave. Somebody say, leave, 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 because many have died. We've no stories about, not even stories, we know news. A pastor, in quotes, shot his wife and killed her. Leave. Courage. You are in a relationship. You are not yet married. And the guy or the lady, look, there's a lady who was dating a guy. I'm, I'm about to wrap up. And look, when a guy is going to church, she'll tell his shit. <laughs> when the guy is about to leave, she'll take his Bible and tear it and throw it in the face. Mercy. And they were engaged. Now, this guy, he needed to where he was. He needed to be strong and courageous to leave her. And he left her. Mm. Yeah. You don't, you don't deal with such people. You don't, you don't marry such people. Mm. A woman who tear the Bible and tear your shirt because you are going to church. You are not spending mm. time only because of church. Pygrace. Pygrace. But he needed courage because that guy, if he had married her, he would not be a, a, a pastoring a church like he's pastoring now. Mm. What am I saying? I'm saying that many of the things that we need to do, we need strength and courage. When God says, look, this, you are being unequally yoked with an unbeliever. When God tells you that and then the scripture backs it, what do you do? You separate, you, you need to be strong. Oh, by loving. Yes, you do. But separate. You are working at, a, in, at work, in a certain job and they are telling you to do fraudulent things. They are now selling alcohol and they want you to be, to, to, to actually lead the, the alcohol program. In charge of alcohol department. In charge of the alcohol department. It will be very quick. You, you even need to hear the voice of God. The Bible will even tell you before you even hear a voice from God. They'll tell you that, leave. First, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And the boss tells you that you have no choice. In or out. You need to be strong and courageous to say, I'm sorry, I'm out. I'm out. And that same God who told you to leave, 
that same God will provide for you. Oh yes. A Christian, a true Christian is radical. A true Christian is, is, is hard, is strong, is courageous, is, 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 is all or nothing. Jesus said that settles it. That's a true Christian. At least God said it, that settles it that I must do, that I'm trying to do now. It doesn't mean you are perfect in your doing, but you know that Jesus said it, it settles it, so now the attempt is to do. The attempt is to pray. At least one hour a day, that's the attempt. And you do it. You fall short, no problem. You know, the key is to know that this is what God said, and I'm going to do it. You fall short today, no problem. I'm not dead yet. Tomorrow, God will do next. I'll do it. And you keep on trying, trying until you perfect it. Number one is what? You must hear go on board yourself. Number two is that you need to be strong and courageous. There's more to be said about this. Courage will continue next week, God will. Hallelujah. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father God, we bless you and we worship you. We thank you for your word. We pray that you give us the grace to hear from you. Give us the desire to hear from you. Lord, we know that hearing from you makes the difference. When we hear from you, it will change our lives. When we hear from you and we follow what you said by being strong and courageous, it will cause us to be all you created us to be. Give us all the grace to be people of God who are can-do men and women, who know that we can do all things through Jesus Christ, who and which gives us strength. We bless you and we worship you. In Jesus' name. Whilst we are praying, if you don't know Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, you know in your heart that you are not born again. You know in your heart that if you die today, if you die today, you know that you will not go to heaven. You know in your heart that you are far away from God. You can't even remember the last time you prayed and you told God you love him. You can't even remember the last time. You, you just said a word of prayer, thanking God for something. You can't even remember the last time you went to church or read the Bible. You can't even remember the last time you even thought about God. I want to give you the opportunity to make things right with God. I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. I want to give you the opportunity to be reconciled with God through Jesus Christ. If you want Jesus Christ to save you, you want your sins forgiven, then repeat after me, including all of us in church. Heavenly Father, Father I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I come to you I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and my life. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and my life. Forgive my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. 
From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In the name of Jesus, amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Father God, we thank you for salvation. Thank you for all those who have given their lives to you. Bless them. Keep them, Lord. Preserve them. Make them your very own. Cause them to approach unto you. Work in them to will and to do of a good pleasure. We pray that Jesus Christ will be formed in their hearts and established in Jesus. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you all. Thank you all for joining. Father God, we pray for your blessings that make rich and added no sorrows to be their portion. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and give you his approval. May he lift up his countenance upon you and his protection and his covering and his goodwill and his loving kindness and tender mercies. May he lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you peace in Jesus' name. God bless you all and thank you all on social media. Till we meet again, shalom, shalom. Praise God.